Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for all of your many blessings, God. Thank you that you would meet us in this place. Um, Thank you for allowing us to go out into the community yesterday. Uh, God, you said in your word that we should go out into the highways and hedges and compel men to come that your house might be filled. And God, thank you for going with us yesterday. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the conversations that we had, uh, the seeds that were planted, um, the people that we had prayer with. Uh, God, thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. God, forgive us of our sins. God, wash us right now, God, even with your forgiveness, God. Wash us with your forgiveness. And uh, God, please uh, speak to us in these moments. We need to hear from you. Uh, God, I humble myself before you. Um, I think it was Chris Tomlin that said in a song that... uh, We're all seeking answers that only you provide. God, you provide those answers. And so we, uh, I don't have those answers. John doesn't have those answers, God, but you do. And so we all look to you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're continuing with the the Maid series. uh, And continuing with the Maid series, the last time we were up here, we we hit the men pretty hard. Uh, Talked a lot. Uh, in the direction of the men. Uh, But if you look at Ephesians uh, 5, it doesn't say a whole lot in the direction of the women. Uh, On the front end of it, on the front end of that passage, in Ephesians 5, it tells the women to submit to their husbands, and then it circles back around at the end, and then it says, now be sure to respect them. It doesn't say a whole lot. Um, And so in wanting to... Uh, speak to the women today, we wanted to go to the passage in the Bible that more than any other passage in the Bible directly addresses the godly woman. And so that's Proverbs Proverbs 31. Uh, it, is, it is known chapter of the virtuous woman, the chapter of the virtuous woman. Uh, and we're going to read a little bit of that. Uh, we're actually just going to read. It starts Proverbs 31 and 10, and it goes from 10 all the way to verse 31 at the end. Um, now, I want you to, we're not going to read 21 verses. I want you to read that this week, uh, but we're going to read the 10th verse, and we're really going to drill into the 10th verse uh, as far as what it says about the virtuous woman. Um, and so we're going to read it. I, I normally read in either the King James or the ESV, sometimes the NLT. Uh, we're going to look at all three of them. Uh, it's, and so in the NLT, Proverbs 31 and 10 says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Uh, in the King James, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. If you are looking at the uh, ESV, it says an excellent woman. It says her price is far above jewels. And so we're going to look at that. And so the first thing we want to look at, because if you, if you just see that she's a good woman, uh, then you're missing out on what God is trying to say through that. It uses some very exclusive words, some words that you just don't see uh, in Scripture very much because it's making a very bold and obvious statement as to the type of woman we're talking about. 
And so God is trying to make it very clear. Uh, the word virtuous, uh, the word virtuous is a word uh, that in English we see the English version more times than uh, a few times in the Bible. But this particular word, when it's saying virtuous, it is a, a Hebrew word we only see three times in the whole Bible. We see it three times. We see it twice in Proverbs, and we see it once in the book of Ruth. And if you know anything about Ruth, she was a virtuous woman. And so very exclusive uh, verbiage here. And so we want to look at it. And so, but you can't look at it through the eyes of, oh, it's talking about a virtuous woman or it's really saying a good lady. This is not just saying that she is a good woman, a virtuous woman. If you're looking at it through that eyes, which are the lens that I've always looked at it through. And hearing a virtuous woman, oh, she's just a good woman, you know. And so who can find, it says, who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a good woman? A good woman. Now, a good woman is hard to find. But what this is saying, and, and, and I want you to know, it's not just saying she's a righteous woman. Now, that's part of it, but it's not just that she's righteous. This woman is way more than that. It's not just that she loves the Lord. She does love the Lord. And that certainly is a great part of her makeup, but it's more than that. And so we want to we wanna dig deep today and look at it. Uh, and so the first thing we're going to look at is the word woman. The word woman. The word woman in the Hebrew the word, and, and it goes back to Genesis when the Bible says that God made Eve and God, God took man and formed woman, okay? And then he takes this woman and presents her back to Adam. Now, in saying that she is woman, what it's really saying in the word, the Hebrew word translates warrior. She is a warrior. She is a fighter. She is not a liability, she is, not, she is not weaker than he is. She is not less than he is. She is not inferior to him. She is, she is an equal counterpart. Now, he is the head. He is the head, but it's not because he's stronger. He is the head because God wanted there to be order. And in wanting there to be order, he probably, God probably could have said, Hey, woman, you lead. She is just as capable as him. But God, in establishing order, chooses the man. The man is not better. The man is not better than the woman. The woman is an equal counterpart. Now, he is the leader. And according to God, he is the head. We cannot deny that. But the woman is not less than she is. Uh, and, and so you have to know that the woman, even the word woman, it means, it means she is a warrior and a fighter. She is a warrior and a fighter. And if you know any godly women, you know that these people are, are warriors. They are warriors. They are fighters. And to know a godly woman is to know a warrior, to know a fighter. And, and so you would look at, you know... Uh, I was sitting here today, but you, you, you would take Haas. Haas is about 6'3", 1,000 pounds. Um, I can say that because he's not here. Um, so, and then you would put next to him, let's say, uh, Barbara, Barbara Rice and back yourself. Barbara, Barbara, what are you, about five, five foot, five one? 
whatever. Okay. I can say that because you're on the other side of the room. Um, and, and so you might look at her and think that, well, that God gave, that God gave her less than him. But it's not true. She makes up. You have to know that in God's eyes, which the Bible says that God looks on, uh, man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks on the heart. And so you have to know that when God sees her, he doesn't see this small, uh, unintimidating person, uh, this sweet person. He sees this warrior, this intimidating warrior of a person. And so that's what that's how God sees our women. And she is she is just as strong as him in the way that you can't see. She is as strong as him in the way that you can't see. And what she doesn't have physically, she has spiritually. And so when I say that the woman is a warrior, that doesn't mean that she is a fighter physically, uh, though there are some women here uh, who, who I wouldn't want to go toe-to-toe with. Um, but the Bible is not saying that. It's saying that on the spiritual, from a spiritual aspect, she is a warrior and she is a fighter. Okay, she is a warrior and she is a fighter. And so even more so than the man, when I really want prayer, now, I mean, when I really want prayer, I generally don't ask a man to pray for me. A man will pray for you about something, a man will start praying for you on Monday about something generally. A man will start praying for you about something on Monday, and by Wednesday, he's forgotten about it. If I tell Tessa to pray for me about something, she will pray about it until I come back to her and tell her differently. She will pray about it until the calendar year changes. I don't do that. I don't do that. Women are able... Even, even I would even say a little more so than the man, are able to war in the spirit and it's this gift that God has given them to be able to do. The word woman means warrior. And so when you look at a virtuous woman, you have to know just all by itself that the woman is a warrior. The woman's a warrior. Now looking at this verse and knowing that she's not just a warrior, she is a virtuous warrior. She is a virtuous woman. That word virtuous does not mean it is not synonymous with righteous. That word virtuous woman, when it's saying that she's a virtuous woman, it's not just saying that she's a righteous woman. It is not a synonym for righteous. It is not a synonym for godly. Now it also means that she is righteous and it also means that she is godly. But that word is a Hebrew word that we only find three times in the whole Bible. It is H-A-Y-I-L. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Hayil. And it is a Hebrew word. It is an army term. It is an army term. It means that she is battle tested. Battle tested. And so the woman isn't just a warrior. She is a battle tested warrior. And so when it's talking about this virtuous woman, it literally means in the Hebrew, God is calling her a battle-tested warrior. 
a battle-tested warrior. The word Hayyah, it is, it, it is a, Greek, uh, a Hebrew word that means she has, the, she has the type of strength that only comes from being in a fight. She has the type of strength that only comes from fighting, fighting spiritually. She has that strength. She has that strength. And there are those of you in this room, and, and we have these type of women. You, you get to know our church. You get to know our body. And, and even in getting to know you guys from, from uh, Barbara, Bonnie, Justine, uh, Myra, uh, Renee, you get to know any of these women, Dina, uh, some of our, our single mothers, Steph, uh, Beverly. Uh, you get to know these women, Jen. These are... These are fighters. These are fighters. And if you talk to them and they tell you about this story, they can't tell you their story without telling you about a fight. They can't tell you about what they've gone through without talking about the fight. And so it's saying that this woman, she is a battle-tested warrior. But I want you to know, we've talked about this once before. It's something funny about strength. You can't just pray for strength. The Bible says strength come, Strength is a little different than the other aspects of what God wants to do in your life when he wants to bless you. The Bible says in James 1 and 5, if any man lacks wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask. James 1 and 5, if a man desires wisdom, it's not complicated. It says simply in James 1 and 5, let him ask them. He wants wisdom, just ask me. And so the Bible is saying that God, if you ask for wisdom, that literally he will just give it to you just because you ask. You can get down on your knees, say, God, give me clarity, give me wisdom. And just by the time you get up, that he can show you something you didn't see before. On, even in preparing for this message, God, give me wisdom. And then he'll just start talking as long as I'll take the time to listen and get in the quiet place. And he'll just give me wisdom. I don't have to earn it. There's nothing really I have to do outside of asking. The Bible says of peace in John 14 and, and, and 27. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. The Bible says that Jesus with peace, a lot of times you don't even have to ask. There are those of you that have gone through things and even in the midst of what you are going through and even in talking to you, I know this is true and I've certainly seen this in my life, that you've realized in the midst of going through something, like, why am I not going crazy? Why, why have I not gone off the deep end? And it's because God saw that you needed peace and without you even asking for it, he just gave you peace. Boom, and you have more peace than you did yesterday. Boom, and, and, and you're able to deal with a problem that you couldn't, you couldn't wrap your mind around it before. God will just give you peace. Light wisdom is not very complicated. He'll just do it. But when the Bible talks about strength, God just doesn't give out strength. It says in Psalms 27 and 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. He'll strengthen your heart. In other words, he's not going to just give you strength, but he will make you strong. 
In other words, when, you, when it's time to give you strength, God won't just zap and give it to you. But what he will do is he'll allow you to go through some things and through the things that you go through that you are strengthened. He doesn't just give strength, but he will strengthen you if you ask him to. He will take you through some things that will make you stronger than you were before. And so you need to be real careful about praying for strength. And you pray, oh, God, I just want to be, I want to be the best I can for you. Give me strength. My mom used to say that all the time. Uh, going, like she would particularly, which uh, kind of confused me as a kid, usually she would say it when looking at me. It was like, <laughs> Lord, Lord, give me strength. And it's like, why, why Daniel? That, why, why did it have to be in connection with me all the time? Uh, I didn't get that, and we still never had that conversation. Uh, but you have to be careful with that because God will allow you to go through things, and through the things that you go through, God will strengthen you. The Bible says that Jesus became the captain of our salvation through the things that he suffered. Through the things that he suffered, he became the captain of our salvation. And a lot of times when God wants to strengthen you, he'll take you through things. So she is a a virtuous woman. She is this warrior. Uh, She is this battle-tested warrior. And even looking at that verse, uh, letting us know that she is a virtuous woman, it says, who can find a virtuous woman? It says, for her price is far above rubies her price now her price her price she's not for sale okay and so you have to look at that word price she is not for sale and so that word isn't synonymous with value and when i would read that i would often think oh her value is above rubies her value it's about her value she has great value now she does have great value this woman does have Amazing, through-the-roof value. But, it's, but it didn't use the word value. It used the word price. And that word price, it is, it, it's a word, it's a past tense word, another Hebrew word, uh, that is alluding to the fact, and, and depending on what version you read, you might see price, you might see precious, it might say precious. Even with precious, still it's still going back to price because price is the root word of precious. Uh, and so it all goes back to this Hebrew word, which means that a cost has been paid. And so when we start talking about price, and when you say that something has a price, okay, it means that a cost, either even in the natural, when you just start saying, oh, that, oh, the price, the price of that is $100. And so what you're saying, when you say that the price is $100, you're either saying that it either will be bought or has been bought, okay? And so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about price. But specifically here, this word is not saying that the price will be paid. This, this virtuous woman is not for sale. I, I'm married to a virtuous woman. I can promise you she's not for sale. She's not for sale. She's a beautiful woman. She's amazing. I can't, I, I can't even make dinner without her. I made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches when she's not home. I, the, the last time she was not home all day, I had three ham sandwiches and seven peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's what I ate all day. She is not for sale. 
she is not for sale. And so when it's saying price here, it's not saying that she's for sale. It is saying that a cost has been paid. And so I want to let you know that to be a virtuous woman is to pay a cost. It's to pay a cost. She didn't get to be this way for free. She didn't just stumble on being, she didn't just wake up one day and she was a virtuous woman. Ooh, she paid the price. She paid the price. She paid the price. And if you talk to some of the virtuous women in this room, don't be surprised if when they start to talk to you and tell you about what they've gone through, don't be surprised if they shed a tear. Don't be surprised if if you ask them to describe the last five years, the last 10 years. Don't be surprised if if you see them wipe a tear from their eye or, 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 or they get a little choked up because they pay the price. They've paid a price. And for those of you, uh, th- there are those of you in this room, God, uh, you are a virtuous woman. And, and God may be even making you, be making you even more so into a virtuous woman. And so to do that, even to make you into a virtuous woman, he has to let you pay a price. You have to pay a price. And there's, there's no way you can get around it. You can't, uh, there's no substitution for that. You cannot become a virtuous woman. Her price is far above rubies. In other words, she hasn't just paid a price. She has paid dearly. She has paid dearly to become the godly woman that she is. She has paid dearly to have the kind of favor with God that when she prays, God moves. She has paid dearly to have the kind of walk where she's not affected by the things that people are saying about her. She has paid dearly. You don't just walk up on that kind of strength. You find out people are talking about you and, 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 and you just kind of shrug it off. You don't just acquire that. You can't get that perusing through Facebook. You can't get that. Uh, that comes from going through things. And I know, I know some of the virtuous women in this room. And to know them is to know the price that they paid. And so don't let the smiles fool you. Don't let her pretty smile fool you. She is a straight-up warrior. Don't let her nice exterior. She may have on a pretty dress or a nice outfit. Don't, don't, don't be surprised by that. Don't be fooled by that. Because when push comes to shove, she is the devil's worst nightmare. And salvation is free. But to be used by God, man or woman, there is a cost. There is a cost to pay. I'm going to end on this. It says that uh, in the King James, it says that her price is far above rubies. I think even in the NLT, it alluded to rubies. But that word rubies doesn't actually mean rubies uh they were substituting in words and so which is why i always go back and look at the the greek or the hebrew to see what it really means that word actually means jewel that her price is far above jewels okay and so it is in, in proverbs thirty-one ten. it is comparing the virtuous woman to a jewel okay now is the reason that 
see is compared to a jewel. And even in studying that, even in praying about that, I couldn't get past it. And so I knew that I wasn't supposed to get past it. I knew that God wanted to say something through that. And I said, well, God, what is it about the jewel? Why not say her price is far above a hammer? I mean, I don't know, anything. But why a jewel? And so he said, look at the definition. And so even in looking at the definition, a jewel is a stone that has been cut and intended for use. Now, you get a, let's say you go digging out here somewhere where maybe there are diamonds. So let's say you go to, you know, somewhere where diamonds are. They are, maybe say Africa, whatever, and you're, you're digging. And let's say you come upon a diamond, just fresh out of the ground. It's dirty in its exterior, and you got this, you got this diamond. What in the world? <laughs> Are you serious back there, Andy? Like, devil, I know I'm getting on your nerves, but leave the lights alone. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What are we saying? Done. Oh. Diamonds. So let's say you are digging in the ground. You find a diamond. You get it up out of the ground. It is dirty in, it, in its exterior. That threw me off. I'm sorry. So it's dirty in its exterior. Now, let's say you've just got that diamond out of the ground. That diamond at that point, fresh out of the ground, is a stone. It is a stone. But then that diamond is taken to a factory or wherever. And what they do to that diamond Probably one of the first things they do, they wash it off. It's still a stone. And then they cut it. They start to cut it. And at the moment it is cut, it is no longer a stone. As of that moment that it is begin to be cut, it is officially a jewel. And so the difference between a stone and a jewel is that the jewel has been cut. And so what the Bible is saying, when it is saying that her price is far above jewels, it's saying that this warrior of a woman, this woman who this battle-tested warrior has been cut. She has been cut. She has been through some things. And you can't get to be in this place without being cut. And when God wants to use you, virtuous woman, when God wants to use you for greatness, virtuous woman, when he wants to use you, when he wants to uh, show you off, and, and, and even you look at the definition of it, it is not just cut, just to be cut. The definition of a jewel, and I even, I, I Googled it, saved it in my phone, looked in different places, it said the same thing in every place. A stone, a jewel, is a stone that has been cut and intended for use. And so you don't cut it to cut it. You don't cut it just for, just for, for the sake of it, for the heck of it. You cut it because you intended to show it off. And so a lot of times, women, virtuous women, when God wants to show you off, before he can show you off, he has to cut you. 
Before he can use you for his glory, he has to cut you. Before he can use your story as a testimony, he has to cut you. Before he can have you lay hands on people and, 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 and they see a difference and a change in their lives, he's got to cut you. And you may, and it's, but there, there's the oxymoron, there, there, there's the conflict of interest. Because if I said, hey, raise your hand if you, want to, if you want God to use you in a great way. I think every woman would raise their hand. But who wants to be cut? I mean, really, honestly, who, who wants to be cut? And everybody, and that's man or woman, everybody wants to be used by God. Everybody wants to be that jewel. But then when God goes to the knife, it's like, oh, God, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. I just said I wanted you to bless me. Wait a minute, God, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for there to be sickness in my house. I didn't sign up for my children to, to, to raise hell. I didn't sign up for my account to be in the negative. I didn't sign up for my car to be repossessed. I just said I wanted you to bless me. I just said I wanted you to use me for your glory. I just said that I wanted my story to be a testimony that would change people's lives when they hear it. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want... But what it's like, I didn't want to be cut. Raise your hand if you want to be cut. You're in this room, you want to be cut. And so, and so there, there we are, the conflict of interest. Everybody wants to be used by God, but nobody wants to be cut. And he, he cuts you with the intention of showing you off. He cuts you with the intention because you can't put it on the shelf you look at the diamond, you go to Mosley's or, or, or wherever you go. You don't put it on the shelf and then cut it. You, you don't put the, 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 the high price tag on it and then cut it. You cut it and then you put it on the shelf. And so when you cut it, nobody's around when you cut it. Nobody's around when she's crying. Nobody's around when there are tears in her eyes. Nobody's around when she's lost all hope. But now, all of a sudden, now she finds herself on, 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 on Front Street. She finds herself on the shelf. And everybody wants to be that diamond on the shelf. But nobody wants to be cut behind the scenes. And there are those of you in this room, you're going through something right now, and nobody even knows about it. Nobody even knows that you cried yourself to sleep last night. Nobody even knows that you had hell this week. Nobody even knows that, 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 you, that you, you have to take something to go to sleep or take something to wake up and do all these things. You feel like you're going to go crazy. Nobody even knows that you're at a boiling point because Mosley's doesn't bring the diamond out there in the showroom and just start cutting it in front of you. No, 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 no. It cuts it in a room where nobody sees. And then after it has been cut behind the scenes, it is displayed in front of everybody. And I want to talk to some people who have been cut behind the scenes. I want to talk to some people who had their feelings hurt in private. I want to talk to some people that have been through hell and nobody knew about it. I want to talk to some people who may be going through right now. And you can't fight a tear from coming down your eye even in this moment because you know God is cutting you right now. 
And, but I want you to know that if he's cutting you right now, you, that's why Paul said, let us, let, us, uh, let us rejoice when we go through hardship as a good soldier. And he, the reason he said, let us rejoice, is because he wouldn't cut me if he didn't want to bless me. He wouldn't cut me if he weren't going to show me off. He wouldn't cut me. He didn't cut me just to cut me. He loves me. Even when I went through those things and I talked about having gone through uh, and, and made three attempts in my own life some 10 years ago, when I went through those things, he wasn't just cutting me just to cut me. He cut me and nobody saw so that I could stand in this spot and proclaim that God is good. And not just say, and not just say that God is good. Oh, I heard on the street. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I know that God is good. I know that he will bring you out. I know that he will see you through. I know that he will encourage your heart. I know that because I've been through it. Because he's already cut me. And, and I wouldn't want to go through that process again, but I wouldn't trade for a million dollars where I am now. And the devil wanted me to think that he was trying to kill me. And God had to say, Derek, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm just trying to cut you. You even look at, uh, I want to say it's John 15. It talks about uh, the, 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 the vine dresser and how he, he cuts the ones that don't bear fruit. He cuts it. And then the ones that are going to bear fruit, he cuts those so that they'll bear more fruit. But whether you're bearing fruit or you're not bearing fruit, either way, he's going to cut you. <laughs> either way. And so there's no way to avoid being cut. Those of you in this room, if you hadn't been cut, you're going to get cut. If you hadn't been through already, and I'm sorry to scare you. Somebody might stop coming to church today. <laughs> and coming to church, paying your tithes, loving God. Uh, you, you can pray until you're blue in the face. You can give your whole paycheck and put it in the barrel. It will not stop God from cutting you. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. He loved you so much he cut you. Just like Jesus. And the Bible says that we would mirror Jesus. And the Bible said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Ooh, Isaiah 53. It said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now, it wasn't fun in the process, but he knew that when the story was over, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every, fun, and, and every tongue would confess that he is Lord. And so, because he knew where it was leading to, the Bible says, it literally says that it pleased God to bruise him. And those in this room, it's not just that God is cutting you, it's that he, he's glad he's cutting you because he knows, he knows where this is going. And when I sat in that apartment that day and tried to take my life with my lights off and no water, my car was repossessed, I had had no job for six months, and I'm sitting there with a half a pack of oatmeal cookies that my parents had brought. And I'm sitting there in the dark, and it was like, God, why? Why, why would you do this? Why would you allow me to go through? You love me. Why would you cut me? And I didn't get it. But he does it because he loves you. God is going to use you. He's going to use your story to give himself glory. It's not about you. He's going to use your story to give himself glory. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for all of your many blessings. 
Uh, I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives. God, I thank you for cutting me. I thank you that you took your time and you, and, and you, you, took the, you, you put the knife to me. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, be with us now. Be with us now. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the, as the band, they're going to play, and I'm going to step down here in the front. And uh, if you've been cut or if you're being cut, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. So if you're going through that, uh, and it's a tough process, but if you're going through that, I'd, I'd like to pray for you.